Palm Sunday can feel disorienting. There's an air of celebration because of the triumphal entry. We remember Jesus entering the city of Jerusalem, cheered on by the crowd. And our tradition has us processing around the neighborhood, as other Christians have done for centuries, carrying palms and singing. But there's the specter of Jesus' crucifixion hanging over it all. And then our liturgy has us read the story of Jesus' passion. We're confronted with the story of Jesus being let down by every friend, follower, system, and structure until he's executed unfairly and gruesomely. It's a long reading, and for some of us, it's a story we've heard many times, which presents the challenge of overfamiliarity. An anchor for me, this Holy Week comes from one of our gospel readings, and it's the phrase, look, your king is coming to you humble. I want to meditate on that phrase a bit with the hope that it might be centering for you too. Look, your humble king comes to you. The first and most obvious point is the simple invitation to simply look at Jesus. In preparation for today, I gathered a lot of observations about the crowd. They get most of the action in this narrative, uh, and there's some interesting things to note about them, but they don't ultimately deserve our attention. The one at the center of the crowd does. How will you and I regard Jesus this Holy Week? To observe him with his friends on Maundy Thursday as he washes their feet and shares a meal with them, even as he's betrayed. To remember the events of Good Friday, when he's brought before religious and civic leaders, tried, sentenced to death, and killed. To wait, to hold vigil on Holy Saturday, as Jesus descends to the dead, to look for him on Easter morning. I want to invite us to make space to see Jesus in the coming week. Throughout Lent, we've been um, learning about the practice of Sabbath keeping. And one of the things I've realized is that in order to celebrate a Sabbath, I need to prepare for it. I need to make room in my schedule, get a few errands done beforehand, get a little ahead in my work, establish new boundaries so that I can slow down and rest and relish in the Sabbath when it comes. Time is a scarce and precious commodity for many of us. Will you join one of the Holy Week services in person or online? Will you make space in your week for private meditation and devotion? How might we prepare this week to focus our attention on Jesus in the week to come? Our lectionary readings would have us look at a specific dimension of Jesus' personhood this Holy Week, um, and that's Jesus as the humble king. This line from Matthew, look, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey, is quoting the prophet Zechariah. Matthew's done a little bit of editing by omitting a phrase that describes the king as triumphant and victorious 
Because Matthew wants us to see that Jesus may be a king, but he's not like any king before or since because of his divinity, but especially because of his humility. The epistle reading tells us that though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Eugene Peterson renders it this way in the message. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status. Paul continues saying, but Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus keeps positioning himself lower and lower, and it's his choice to do so. He could have had wealth and status in his earthly, earthly life, but he doesn't. He could have avoided the trial that leads to his execution, but he doesn't. The effect of this is demonstrated poignantly in the Old Testament lection for today. It's one of the songs of the suffering servant from the book of Isaiah that prefigures the death Jesus would experience. It says, I did not turn my back. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. In all this, Jesus maintains his agency. Jesus, the servant, sets his face like flint. He resolves to see this through the end. God determines to die. Why would Jesus empty himself in this way? Why would he bear these humiliations? The third and final thing that I want to briefly elaborate is what it means that the humble king comes to us. As we look at Jesus this week, I want us to understand that the suffering Jesus submits himself to, he does because of his great love. The writer of Hebrews tells us that for the sake of the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. A little earlier, I asked, what would motivate Jesus to endure the pain of death, the public shaming? Let me alter that question slightly. What is the joy that he put front of mind, that as he set his face like flint to remember, he could endure the cross and scorn the shame of it all. The joy is you. It's me. It's us. Friends, let's take a moment now and look and see our king coming to us humbly. Maybe you might think about the week ahead and consider how you'll make room to look at Jesus. Maybe you might make a breath prayer of this phrase, look, your humble king comes to you, 
by inwardly repeating it as you inhale and exhale through it. Or maybe you might spend a moment personalizing this message by sitting with the knowledge that you are the joy that Jesus has set his mind to as he endured the cross, overcoming death and sin once and for all. Take a moment to try one of those things now. I'll close us with a prayer after about two minutes. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.